This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovin. I love Billy Steele. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. We are back for another week of On the Block here on the 93.7 The Ticket Airways. You can uh, get a hold of us at any time. Honda Lane Hotline, 402-464-5685. Start aiming text line, same number, 402-464-5685. Of course, I am Jake Bokovin, uh, still sitting around from the Ticket Water Cooler, and he is Eric Strickland, the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet, and freshly returned from his uh, trip in Vegas where he went down to watch some summer league basketball, admittedly also to do some business, but uh, how was the basketball? Uh, listen, you got to see some flashes of some good things. You got to see some good basketball, some bad basketball. Obviously, it's not easy when these young men, some who are already professional, some who have played in leagues in Europe, some who are just now coming out of college in systems, um, also understanding the professional game, truly tremendously different. You've got 2.9s that you've got to understand and learn now. You can't just camp out in the paint. You've got to be able to know that. So there's, there, there's a overload of information in a short span of time. But what I've learned is in that, though, Bach, is there's a lot of lessons that NBA scouts and NBA teams and executives find in that. Because you're going to have to be able to process, take, learn, adapt, move so quickly. They don't have the time to continue, pull you to the side, take, t- you know, give you information, tell you what this play, why did you not run there? You're not going to get that. When you get to veteran camp, this is all preparations to see who has mental capacities. I think the shift goes from athletic abilities to – you know, where it may be 50-50 or it may 60-40 with your athletic ability and 70-something in college, you know. You know, and I think it continues to trickle down and then it becomes, you know, 40-60, 30-70, mental. Yeah. You know? Now everybody's athletic. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. So so your mental capacities is the the, the more prevalent thing that you're going to be able – because, you you, you know, people don't understand what it's like to go five and seven. Five games in seven days. They're, you know, they're used to playing a couple games a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, to be able to go back-to-back, boom, travel day, get to another arena, uh, another state, uh, on on a plane, late at night, sleep, or you're going to try to kick it because you're probably a young fella that think you have the Samson syndrome where you can just go until you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to the, so, so you can't go no more. Yeah. So you may be out and then all of a sudden the next day, boom, practice, shoot around or whatever it may be. Boom, another game, shoot around, back on a plane, get to another city, maybe a day off, and then another back-to-back. They, don't, they, they haven't seen that before. And so it's going to be some shockwave effects. And some of this is where you can kind of get an understanding of your mentality. They, you know, some of the things that they don't know, they don't know who's watching you, right? They don't know you, – you don't know who's observing when you're going out of the hotel, 
when you're coming back. You don't know who all those people are. Those are all, you know, little mental tests that are going on to see, you know, what they're investing in in you. And so that's a clipper. We might need to you know, yeah. put this out <laughs> uh, because that's some real that's some real deep information. I have literally watched people's careers who were way more gifted than me, who were way more athletic and talented and can do way more things than I could. Um who just because of what I just shared in that information on the block 93.7 the ticket the ticket fm.com four to six you can only get information like that right here that's right that's an insight that's an insight no but no really there I have literally watched it and I've heard the stories and I've heard you know people come back to me and I've I've asked questions you know I didn't just play I you know I'd sit down with execs and say you know what did, what did you think about him why why you know why did he uh, then they would share, and I'd be like, "Oh, hmm. you know what I mean? Mm, oh, yeah. you know those type of moments, right?" So yeah. And what is the uh, as far as on the court too? And you're in, in, when you're in summer league, especially if, like you said, there's a a myriad of guys there, guys that have played in Europe and in, in vet, you know, guys that have played in the NBA, two way contracts, whatever. If you're a rookie going in there, you're trying to make an impression. Maybe you're not the most you know heralded guy. Um, nobody's you know put a first round draft pick on you or whatever. What what's the balance of trying to like st- like stand out and be a team player? Because you know you're, they're kind of looking for both, but at that point too, I would think in summer league it's such a small window. You have to stand out a little bit rather than you know maybe even outside your normal self where you're more of a team player. That's the thing, right? You have to go beyond just the aspect of just playing the game. You have to begin to process things that are in the periphery of what the game is and come to a conclusion of how can I fit there? All right. I'm going to give you two examples. One, you're a traditional point guard who has been a distributor who has the ability to knock down open shots. That's what you do well. And that's what you did in college. You're coming to a team that has, um, John ja Morant, or that has, um, you know, uh, let's, let's let's just say uh, Damian Lillard or somebody like that at that position, mm-hmm. right? Stop it! You're not gonna go in there hunting for all of these specific shots. You set up, know that you're gonna be running their system, so you're processing where would Damian be in this specific situation. You're making those types of plays, or you're then and then you're assessing who you've got there. Who is their guy? Who is their first round draft pick? Who is the guy that they're going to be pushing? Because there's going to be somebody there that they're pushing. Yeah. Now you've got to make him become that guy that would be like a Damian Lillard to you, because that guy is not going to be Damian Lillard when he gets there. Right. Right. He's going to be the fourth option down, maybe third, depending on where he was drafted and who he was drafted. There's all those type of games yeah, that are going yeah, yeah. on, right? So you have to process that. Now you got a big man specifically in this instance. Uh, they're not really going to him, so I'm going to use him for pick and roll. I'm looking elsewhere on my stuff, or I'm getting into the paint, and then I'm finding him. So you're finding ways to be effective in whatever it is that you do well. You understand what I'm saying? So for me, it was very defensive laden. I didn't go in there hunting baskets, but knowing I needed to take the ones that were offered to me. Mm -hmm. I went in there 94 feet, 
you're getting hawked. I'm getting off ball steals, being creative, creating opportunities for the team to be able to get more possessions. That was kind of my mindset, and I stayed in that lane. I didn't try to do anything beyond what I did well because that's not what they're expecting of me. Yeah. Right? So anything that I did do or, you know, had a great day or a great game, that's just tearings on the top. That's not what they're expecting of me. So you're just staying in your lane but yet being effective in the things that you do and being solid in those areas is going to bowl more for you long term than it is trying to go out and hunt. So yeah, that, that, that's fascinating stuff. That is stuff you can only get here on the block uh, to, to learn about uh, somebody in that position that made it out, that got uh, the attention of the scouts in those summer league type of games. Um, and that, that's just that, that's fascinating to hear. Uh, I did want to run through the stats of some of the guys that, that, that played in, in kind of what happened there for the former Huskers in summer league. And uh, if you got a chance to see any of these guys, you can let me know too. Uh, Bryce McGowan's... Uh, did pretty well. He really impressed a lot of people. If you look at the Hornets sites and you don't know how much of this is, you know, somebody getting pretty excited, but, um, you know, he's on a two way contract and, and, and a few sites that I read were thinking this guy might work his way into the rotation. Now maybe they should have, maybe they saw Bryce hot, right? I mean, he did shoot 43% from beyond the arc. Um, certainly would have changed how we looked at his game in college. Ended up averaging 14.6 points, uh, four rebounds, 2.6 assists, uh, 0.4 blocks, 0.2 steals, and 2.6 turnovers on 34% uh, shooting and 43% from beyond the arc. Um, the fact that there are, are they, that a lot of these uh, Hornets writers are pretty impressed with Bryce, despite the fact that only shot 34%, kind of can say something. But it was also, when you break it down, it was there was kind of games where he was on and then games where he, at, at least shooting-wise, was not. And, and so that's the thing. And those are the things that we talked about, right? A lot of that is Bryce is very either to the basket or he's very rangy. Mm-hmm. Um, in this specific instance... When he wasn't rangy and he was in spot-up situations, he can knock down shots. That should have been a focus for him. It shouldn't have been, I'm trying to get... So he, so trying to accentuate his athleticism caused him to go in there. But again, it goes back to there are other guys just as athletic as you, and there's bigger guys that are going to be challenging you than you had to deal with in yeah, the yeah. Big Ten. So those are the things with Bryce that... that that he needed to accentuate because having two turnovers with that assist margin, yeah. that's not good either. So he's got to work in that area. He's got to work on being able to just knock down the shots that are presented to him because LaMelo Ball is definitely going to be handling that ball, and there's other guys in there. They're not going to be calling on you, but what I would like to see from him, the rebound numbers have gone up. And defense. That would have been something that sparked him. And I'm going to tell you the difference. The difference between that, what he's got, he's going to be a two-way player just because of his draft position. Mm-hmm. They're going to that's that's going to allow development for him because it's going to send him to the G League for some some runs. Yeah. But guess who got a deal? Second rounder. Jabari Walker. Three-year deal signed Portland. Oh, okay. But it's because of the opposite of what I talked about. Jabari Walker goes in there. And he's overperforming because he's going in there and he's rebounding. He's active. He's knocking down the shots. He's attacking the basket. He's going in realizing, because his dad taught him well, realizing, uh, this isn't me. This is a challenge. If I force this, 
because most people are thinking if I force this and make this, it adds to my scoring total. But then he drops it off and a guy gets a dunk. He was you were seeing that type of action from him, led him to get a three year deal. Wow, that that's awesome. And, and who's his uh, father? Samaki Walker. Oh, Samaki Walker. Okay, yeah, I was just double checking there. Yeah, um, because we, he's definitely he's been, been on, on the, the block. block. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's great news. Jabari's going to be a full time player there, and he's going to play with. You know, he's got a three-year deal. He's going to still have Dame Lillard there for two. Yeah. So he's going to be Hopefully, able to do some. I don't know some, how Dame's still there, but yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's that's got to be one of the best loyal stories yeah. on earth oh, yeah. right now as far as a player sticking with the team uh, when he could he didn't have to. Let's just say that. Yeah. And so it'll be fascinating. I think, you know, as much as we all like to see, you know, I'd love for Bryce to be the all-star MVP next year, but, uh, you know, I, I want the best for him, but I think it will be very beneficial to be on that, that two-way contract in just because we could kind of see it as he got better. Like he had to adjust to the physicality of D1 basketball and you could see it like yeah. he's so young, you could see it happen. And then he had to adjust to the physicality of Big Ten basketball, and, and again, you could see it, and then you could kind of see, okay, now he understands mm-hmm. he's drawing in the defense, and his assist numbers got a little bit better there toward the end. So he's very much uh, still He's a went through three progress. cycles in a year. Yeah, and he's he going to continue. He went from high to. school to speed, of, of like you just said, yeah. to physical, to now athletic physical pace fast that game like 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 the people people don't understand in the nba game they're like oh it looks boring it's yeah it's just you know they don't understand how fast the game is happening it just looks easy because a lot of those guys when you're a pro it just looks effortlessly compared to what the action of what college looks like you know what i mean but those guys are just doing it effortlessly you're thinking about 24 seconds shots have to be up they they're getting into stuff and executing in such a quick time and pace that it just looks like is a, yeah. I always like that when people say, "Oh, there's no defense played in the NBA." It's like you go try to score against those guys. You take yeah. some of your buddies out there and see how, how well that works. Uh, it's just kind of funny. It's just the athleticism is it, so so high. It, it's it, sometimes, like you said, maybe can be a little tougher to see. Um, Delano Benton actually had a good summer league as well. Sixteen point three points per game, forty six percent shooting, forty six percent from deep, uh, which obviously was also a struggle for him here. Uh, and he's uh, he's got the rebounds up to five point three rebounds yeah. per game, four point three assists per game. Yeah. All good news till you get to four point eight turnovers That's the per problem. game. That's a lot of turnovers. That's the problem, especially for what they want to use him for. Like they want to use him as an advantageous type of a guy. They don't really have that point guard guy there. They really want to be able to put him into that to create just mismatch problems. Mismatch problems that like what Penny Hardaway created for people. You know what I mean? Mismatch oh, yeah. problems what Magic created for people. Mismatch problems because you can defend, you can do so many different things when you have anomaly type players like that. And Delano, if you, if you missed it too, last year, um, he averaged like three and a half points or whatever. He was playing like 12 minutes a game for Toronto. Um, so I, this is going to be his big year to step up and, and yeah. certainly got a lot of action in summer league to do so um, as the primary ball hander, as, as, the, as the guy they were kind of going to there. So it was a good experience for him. You just can't have five turnovers per game. That's not a long career uh, in the NBA. Or, you know, maybe they would shift him in, in what they're trying to see what he can do. But certainly testing him at the point guard spot there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dry a horn. Averaged 7.8 points per game on 52%, 44 uh, from beyond the arc, 3.5 rebounds per game. He's mostly a shooter um, and solid numbers there. I don't know if it's going to jump out to anybody, but it's cool to see Dry Horn get uh, a shot there at NBA Summer League. James Palmer Jr., 
Of course, uh, former leading scorer for Nebraska a few years back. Um, had a little bit of a tough time getting to his 7.8 points per game. 29% field goal percentage, uh, 31 points, uh, or 31% from deep, three rebounds a game. And uh, a lot of people wa- got to see his highlight as Chet Holmgren blocked him in the first mm-hmm. summer league game. So that's probably where he kind of stood out. But uh, good to see him still getting some work. Teddy Allen, Teddy Buckets did not perform well. 3.5 points per game on 14% shooting. Um, and, uh, but he's already had his moment in the tournament, why? so that's good. But. And that goes back to this is why the game has to progress for you. I had to then work on getting my shot off quicker. You know, I couldn't take as much time. Yeah, he's always Teddy's had always shot. had that problem that he needed to fix in order to become a professional to where some at the collegiate level, because they some didn't have the same physicalness as you, that they're going to catch up with you. And that the shot that you were shooting – I would have been working with him to understand that you need to get that off. And that's why you had that problem. You don't have the same time to set up and, and be able to just do that. Guys are so much quicker getting to you. Well, and, and hopefully, you know, again, with Dry Horn, with Teddy Allen, um, you know, this is their first summer league. So hopefully they can uh, get another opportunity next season, work on this overseas, wherever they're yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. Buckets may be overseas, potentially. Yeah. That, that may be, I don't think, a G League team. Uh, they may be. He could have came I back think Jariah, year, maybe. would have been fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jariah, maybe. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Trey McGowns, uh, also, it did not score in eight minutes of summer league action, so he just didn't get too much of a chance, which is uh, a little bit disappointing, but again, I a, figured that would be a good his experience. Case. Yeah. yeah. I figured that would be his case. He, need, he needed one more year, because just just the injury, Just there's not much look on him yeah you know what i mean yeah i mean he only averaged like six points per game last year so going into this you know might maybe yeah not he should he should have been upside. able to come back and just put some numbers up he, he yeah. would have gotten to that range did some things defensively he would have been better off yeah uh some other guys that maybe are of note that didn't do too well um kofi coburn a lot of interest in him he could have came back and been an all-american as he was the two previous year the illinois center uh, averaged six points and nine rebounds um the, the problem with him is the game's completely shifted yeah. obviously away from from his yeah. style, he could average nine rebounds in the league. I don't doubt it. He just would also be yeah. such a mismatch the rest of the time. And that's what you have. A guy like him has to be able to have a unique niche in the game, yeah. i.e. Ben Wallace. You have to dominate. be yeah. a, a niche type Somewhere. player, yeah. i.e. even, you know, even look at what Draymond did. Draymond had a niche defense, but he was able at some point to stretch the the floor and be able to at least hit a shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Otherwise, he wouldn't have been of no value. But he can also do what? Pass very oh, well. Yeah, very so well. he leads breaks and sets guys up. So you ha- that's what you have to do. You have to create a niche for you, and I, I just couldn't see where Kofi had that. Yeah, I don't know where, where that lands, but it was certainly fun to watch at Illinois. Uh, Leandro Ball, the other Ball brothers, uh, yeah. averaged six points per it's game, but only shot 18% from three. It's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. It's a wrap. Last year it was an anomaly, but yeah, yeah. He, he's pretty much done unless he goes overseas. But he's a model. So he's got oh, model he's got opportunity, that. you know. He, oh, yeah. So maybe modeling may be his thing. There you go. Yeah. Um, who knows? We, I've never doubt the, the Ball family. We'll see what they They'll can do. They'll find a way. Uh, Sharif O'Neal averaged 4.8 points per game as well. So uh, Shaq's son. He's going to get on a G League team just off GP, just off the strength of Shaq. Yeah. Um, he probably needs to build up a little bit, get a little more stronger, and just, and just work his tail off to advance in his game. Um, but does he have that ethic? You know, does he? You know, to be honest, Shaq really wasn't a big worker, right? <laughs> His natural he just talent. was a freaking freak of nature, right? Yeah. So maybe Sharif didn't. Well, maybe Sharif got the worst parts of him, and but maybe he can turn it around. 
and become a great worker and work ethic. And that was always the big frustration between Shaq and Kobe is that, you know, Kobe, you know, Kobe will go into the freaking gym and shed himself in there for hours. Um, There's a story that Kobe um, that was told where Kobe said that, you know, listen, I'm going to go out and hang with you. Um, But then when we're done, you're going to do what I like to do. So I'll go, I'll go hang because he really didn't hang out. But I'm, yeah. I'll go hang with you, but then after that, you're going to do what I do. Next thing you know, next morning, he's he's got him up at 5 in the morning. Let's go. We're going to the gym. We're doing what I do. <laughs> yeah. After hanging out. Yeah, So 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 those, those things taught them lessons, but it also was able to breed in, in the whole collective of the team the worth ethics that's needed in order to win championships, and that's how he was able to get it done. Well, and it's interesting, too, with, with Sharif or with anybody. I mean – to be in the NBA Summer League, that's a heck of an accomplishment um, just to, to reach your career at that point. Um, but whenever you're in the shadow of Shaq or, you know, a father like that, I mean, man, that's that's got to be tough. So, I mean, there's 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 obviously nuances to that discussion, but uh, it's, you know, it, it's fascinating because, you know, you just mentioned like a Jabari Walker. I mean, that's, that's yeah. some guy who's like pushing it to that yeah. next level. But his dad gets up with them. Oh yeah. Every his dad is with them in the, they're they're not in the gym. They're on outdoor courts and they're doing he's did that work with them consistently yeah. over the course of their career and bred that in them. Yeah. To make them even better than what he was. But go ahead. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, I, I can't wait to see how his career plays out. I'm just thinking, like, like mo- a lot of athletes, too, it is, um, you know, genetics certainly help a lot of, a lot of you know, uh, fathers and, and grandfathers out there um, of, you know, modern athletes. So a lot of it is passed down that way. But sometimes I do feel bad for the, uh, you know, the other Manning brother or, <laughs> yeah. in this case, the other ball brother, yeah. uh, where it is, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, for their own accomplishments, again, Playing in NBA Summer League is pretty good. but uh, I think Leangelo is the oldest, too. I think he's the middle one. Oh, is he the middle yeah, one? Yeah, I think Lonzo's oh, the oldest. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> That's pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're always, like, Moni in the middle, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, it is what it is. I don't feel too bad. And like you said, he's uh, he's going to be a model. But probably, the crazy but. thing is the best of them may end up being LaMelo, yeah. which is the baby, yeah. because he got to see and observe and figure it out who's going to – you know, who's going to be able to get bragging rights? The quietest one is usually the oldest one, and that's yeah, how it usually is. what happened. And LaMelo certainly isn't quiet. He is sure He's actually that. changing his number from number two to number one this year. Oh, my goodness. So there you go. He wants there the number one jersey. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Nebraska. Has their Big Ten Media Days representatives picked out? We'll tell you who those guys are next, and if we like the choices. That's coming up next year on The Block on 93.7 The Ticket.